It's Tuesday, October 22nd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the clock ran out on the ceasefire between Turkey and Kurdish-led forces in Syria. We'll connect the dots on how the power dynamics in the region are starting to shift. Then, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's your prescription? The future is en route. And finally, Japan's new emperor takes the throne and in the process gives hundreds of thousands of people a second chance. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Noom. The most complicated story today is about that ceasefire between Turkey and Kurdish-led fighters in northern Syria. Last week, Turkey agreed to temporarily pause for five days its attacks against the Kurds, though some reports said that fighting continued over the weekend. One humanitarian group says at least 21 civilians were killed during that time. So, not much of a ceasefire. But now, those five days are up. Kurdish fighters say, we're out. But Turkey is looking for more and meeting with a big player in the region. And they say, we've got a deal on how to move forward. So we're going to get into what Turkey's president was up to today, what happens next, and how the U.S. has been involved on the ground. Let's get into it, starting with Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Today, Erdogan went on a little trip to Russia to meet with President Vladimir Putin. You might remember we talked about this last week when Russia teamed up with Syria and the Kurds, who aren't exactly friends, so they could all work together to fight against Turkey. Russia told Turkey to respect Syria's border, but Erdogan was hoping he could get Putin on board with his plan. You see, when Turkey agreed to push pause on its attacks last week, it said it wanted a safe zone in return, a buffer. Call it what you want. Turkey just wanted the Kurds, who Turkey thinks are terrorists, to move further away from the area along their shared border. So Erdogan wanted Putin's help in pushing for what he wanted. After chatting for more than six hours, Putin and Erdogan agreed to share control of a huge section of the border region between Syria and Turkey, including the area that used to be controlled by the Kurds. Starting next week, they'll patrol that area together to remove any Syrian Kurdish fighters who are still there. So what does this mean now that the ceasefire deadline has passed? That's TBD. Before Erdogan left for Russia, he was clear. All of the Syrian Kurds need to leave the previously agreed-upon safe zone before 10 p.m. Turkey time, or 3 p.m. Eastern. If that didn't happen, Erdogan said Turkey's offensive would continue, quote, with a much greater determination. The Kurds say they've left the area. But now that Putin and Erdogan are teaming up along more of the border, they want the Kurds to move even further. This is all still being reported out as we record today's episode, so expect more news on that to come out. Meanwhile, you might be wondering, where's the U.S. in all of this? They're trying to stay out of it. Remember, all this drama between Turkey and Syria started two weeks ago, after President Trump announced that U.S. troops would be leaving the Turkey-Syria border, where the U.S. had been fighting alongside Kurdish allies against ISIS. This was seen as the U.S. abandoning its allies. The U.S. effectively gave Turkey the go-ahead to attack the Kurds and allow Turkey to take that border territory for itself. Trump has been saying he wants to end U.S. involvement in foreign wars. Last December, he said it's time for troops to leave Syria, where, in his approximation, ISIS has already been defeated. But troops didn't actually start making moves out of Syria until this past week, and the locals haven't been happy about it. A journalist named Janan Musa posted this video on Twitter of Kurds throwing tomatoes and stones 
at U.S. military vehicles as they were driving out of northern Syria. I guess that's one way to say goodbye. But yesterday, Trump said, not so fast. Some troops are actually going to stick around. Defense Secretary Mark Esper said they'll help protect oil fields there. Here's why. To deny access to those oil fields by ISIS and others who may benefit from their revenues that could be earned. Esper says the rest of the troops leaving Syria, more than 700 of them, are being sent to western Iraq to continue the campaign against ISIS, with the goal of bringing them home after that, though that timeline is still up in the air. And Iraqi leaders say U.S. troops can't stay for long. U.S. officials say troops are leaving the conflict zone, but making sure some important resources are taken care of as they do. So what's the skim? Turkey took a big risk by launching this offensive into northern Syria in the first place. Even though the U.S. had abandoned its Kurdish allies, the U.S. was still threatening Turkey with sanctions, and the Russians were also sending Turkey warnings. But now, the Kurds say they're leaving, and the Russians are telling Turkey, we'll work with you to do even more. But there are other global implications here, having to do with the European Union, which Turkey's been trying to get into for a while. And today, European Union Council President Donald Tusk came out again and said the council condemns Turkey's actions. Not the best idea to piss off the leaders of the club you're trying to join. So it'll be interesting to see how all of this affects that membership application and Turkey's standing with the rest of the world. Another development we're watching play out? Drones. They could be making house visits soon. And we're intrigued. That's next. Looking to live smarter? Enter Noom. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and arms you with the tools to break unhealthy habits and replace them with healthy ones. Noom can help you keep up with your busy life, be more in tune with your body's needs, and practice better self-care. Sign up for your free trial today at noomnoom.com forward slash skim this. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com forward slash skim this to start your trial today. That's noom.com forward slash skim this. We've all been there, trying to get to the pharmacy to pick up a prescription before your morning meeting or before your dinner plans. Those lines can be a struggle. Now, we might be getting closer to a solution, thanks to drones. Yesterday, shipping giant UPS and drugstore giant CVS announced that they're teaming up to try to make drone drug delivery a thing. And this comes just after Walgreens announced they're doing the same, teaming up with FedEx and a drone delivery company appropriately named Wing, which is run by Alphabet, which owns Google. We should know here that GV, formerly Google Ventures, is a minority investor in the skim. Anyway, Wing is kind of special because it's the first service of its kind to get permission from the Federal Aviation Authority to make commercial drone deliveries. UPS also got permission earlier this month. Essentially, that certification makes UPS and Wing commercial airlines. The FAA has been slow to move on embracing drone deliveries, but that's not necessarily unreasonable because American airspace is complicated. Like, it's still possible for drones to be hacked, capture video surveillance, or disrupt actual planes. You might remember last year when a bunch of drones mysteriously brought London's Gatwick International Airport to a complete standstill during holiday season. Here's one Gatwick Airport official at the time. Each time we are getting ready to uh, reopen the runway, um, there's another drone sighting. And what I can't do is put the safety of our passengers at risk, and so the airport remains closed. 
Still, the FAA is at least willing to study how drone deliveries can safely integrate into daily life and help us get things like medical supplies more quickly, which can help make a difference. But there are the legal questions to consider, like what happens if a drone malfunctions and, I don't know, falls on your car or on your head? Nevertheless, Wing is well on its way to making drone deliveries a reality. Last Friday, it completed the first home drone delivery to one lucky customer in Christiansburg, Virginia. That's where Wing is running a trial. Here's regional FedEx president Richard Smith that day. We're actually delivering an e-commerce order to someone's doorstep, the Sensmeyer home, uh, for the first time in U.S. history. It's a fast! Other companies that sound familiar are also getting in on the drone game. Amazon is still working on getting full FAA approval, but they say their delivery drone could be ready for air in months. This summer in San Diego, Uber Eats started testing out a service where drones, rather than people, drop off your Chinese takeout. These changes have all kinds of implications, including what it means for, say, the job market for delivery people and drivers. But when it comes to drones bringing you your late-night drugstore retail splurges or maybe just your prescription, it's only a matter of when, not if. Tonight is Game 1 of the 2019 World Series, a.k.a. Major League Baseball's annual championship, the Washington Nationals versus the Houston Astros. If you ever wondered why the MLB, which is a North American operation, calls it the World Series, there's a reason for that. It reportedly dates back to 1903, when the folks who formed the series added the word world as a bit of a marketing ploy to make it seem like it was an even bigger deal than it was, and maybe sell a few more tickets. And technically, at the time, the U.S. teams who made it to the World Series really were the best in the world. Today, Canada is the only other country with an MLB team, but the league does have international reach. The MLB says its games are broadcast in 189 countries and territories around the world and retransmitted in 14 different languages. And MLB players hail from all over the globe. Think Cuba, Japan, Australia, Germany, Lithuania, the Netherlands. So who said America's favorite pastime can't be enjoyed by everyone? Game one of the World Series goes down tonight at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, at 8.08 p.m. Eastern, airing on Fox. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Japan, where the new Emperor Naruhito has officially taken the throne. Technically, he's had it since May, after his father became the first Japanese emperor in over 200 years to abdicate the throne, reportedly for health reasons. But today, the move was made official through a series of rituals that date back to the 7th century. One of those rituals is that the emperor actually proclaims himself to the throne, which is part of a gazebo-like structure that's over 20 feet tall. About 2,000 guests were on hand, including other royals from around the world. Other people who are celebrating hundreds of thousands of petty criminals who, as part of the occasion, will be pardoned for their crimes. It was announced as a way for Japanese citizens to get a second chance, to cleanse their spirit and start again. And 
that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and be sure to hit subscribe so we're in your feed every weekday. Also, we love podcast reviews. So if you can, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review Skim This. And if you don't already, sign up for our free morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, by heading over to theskim.com.